Hello there, Misketeers. Welcome back to Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And this week, we're joined by <gasps> James Lott Jr. That's right, kids. That's right, kids. I'm here. <laughs> James is going to be joining us on our main show tomorrow, but we thought we'd have him tell us what we're into this week. Uh, so what do you got? What do you got? I am in love with the show, and the music of this show is just of the certain time period. Pose. Happy, okay. Pride, happy Pride Month, everybody. It's about to come to a close. It's about to end. Um, the Pride Month part. But Pose came back, season two, Ryan Murphy, FX. It is... A glorious show about now it's about the nineties. Ooh. Uh, which they, they they play the whole first episodes were centered around Madonna's Vogue song. And they had uh, they played songs by like uh Soul to Soul Back to Life, which is a classic song, and all the I mean, and, and Lucy some Cold Jam, all these songs that I loved mm-hmm. back then, they're playing them. But for me, to see a TV show where most of the cast is brown, mm-hmm. Latino and black, but brown or Latino. <laughs> Um, and that half the cast is transgendered mm-hmm. and or gay in real life. And they're playing a wide range of roles on here. It's just amazing. I can't believe the show's on the air. I just can't believe I didn't know. I just never thought I'd see something like this in my lifetime. So it's kind of it's amazing. And it, the show is actually really good. Yeah. The writing's good. The acting's good. The situations are good. They're talking about topics that were of the day. Like right now, AIDS is really big. It was hitting. And. And just and discrimination you can get back then, which I experienced back then, that now I can't take for granted because back then it was a little harder for brown people. I mean, it's still hard for brown people, but it was even a little harder back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and the show is just amazing. Every week I'm just like, I, I, my mouth is just like, this is on the floor. It's been, this is so amazing. I can't believe it. So I tell people, it comes on Tuesday nights, post 10 o'clock. There is some sexual situations in adult language. Oh. So, just going to keep everybody know that. But it's, but I think it's, it's worth checking out whether you're gay or not. I think it's worth checking out. And anybody of color, I think, should check it out just because we're showing Hollywood. There's many options out there. There are a lot of actors out there who may not look like what you think they are that right. can act. Yeah. yeah. Give them a chance. Like, who cares? Give them a chance. If you're a good actor, you're a good actor. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my, my thing. No, it's a it's a good show. I checked out the first season, okay. um, and it's it's a really emotional show. Yes, it is. Um, there's a, a moment that happens, I think, in the first, second, or third episode, um, where you get a really amazing dance sequence, and yes. at the end, it like becomes a very emotional scene, and that one got me. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. It's all, it's all about ball culture. Sorry, it's all about ball culture. Ball culture, which is something that was big back in the day. Uh, Paris is Burning was the actual documentary that is inspired the show. I love the documentary. Changed my life. Very much about creating family out of your friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, creating your own family. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Lex? What are you into? Uh, I am way late to this party, but I finally checked out The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Okay. Uh, you saw it. So I was pretty blown away by this thing. Like when it came out, I heard, I mean, unanimously positive stuff yeah. and I, it was on my list. My list is so lengthy uh, that it does take me a while to get around to stuff, but it is a single season. They're doing a, a sequel that's going to come out next year, but it's uh it's an anthology series yeah. is the way they've started. It's going to be the haunting of X or Y. Yeah. I think the sequel is called haunting of Bly Manor. It's based on yeah. a different story, but this one single season, 10 episode story, a, about 
uh, a family who they're they're coming back together after a recent tragedy, and it explores their relationships, their history, their trauma, their grief, their pain, uh, what happened to their family as a result of time spent in this house when they were younger. And I am a huge fan. Uh, it's it's part of what I loved about Hereditary, which was also a was a movie that was released last year. Uh, very much using uh, paranormal supernatural elements to explore grief and trauma and pain. And so Hill House, really first and foremost, it functions as a drama. Right. And then there are there are ghosts that are almost. Um, Almost window dressing. You know, some of the ghosts that are in the show, you actually have to look and scan the background to see them. Um, so it, it really is focused first and foremost on the characters and their relationships. And then, yes, there also happen to be ghosts that are uh, d- doing ghosty things to mess with folks as ghosts are wont to do. But it's it's a powerful show. It's an emotional show. It's endlessly engaging. And it's also really, really impressive. Not just in the way they structure the story, but the way they're executing the story on a technical level. So you're you're telling a story in two time periods. There's our present, where the families come back together uh, after a tragedy, and you're also telling the story of their arrival at Hill House when they were children and what happened to drive them out of the house, what happened to their mother, and what happened to essentially uh, traumatize them and fracture their relationships. And I'm not a huge fan of flashbacks as a device, but this is more akin to Godfather Part 2, where you have two directly connected stories that are happening uh, in parallel, essentially, and you're moving from one to the other. And on top of that, you've got the technical execution. There's an episode right in the middle. I think it's episode six, which is, it's uh, they're all hour-long episodes, and this episode is structured to look more or less like one long unbroken take. I think with the exception of three to four minutes of the episode, the whole thing is actually four long takes. Mm. And you're moving back and forth within within individual takes. You're moving back and forth uh, between settings, uh, between a funeral home setting and the house. You're moving back and forth between time periods. Uh, Mike Flanagan, the director, who directed every episode, uh, wrote or co-wrote most of them, also did um, did Oculus. He did uh, Before I Wake. He did Hush. Um, There's long, long Twitter thread that you can go find where he describes the process of executing this episode um and how insane like obviously there's the there's the sleight of hand of having actors jump in and out of frame you know occasionally you have to use doubles to make it seem like they're in more spaces than they could conceivably be Mm -hmm. but insanely impressive technical execution of that episode but the entire thing uh so well written so well directed so well performed uh it would have made my list of favorite things from last year if I had seen it yeah. when it came out. Um, but but go check it out. Uh, I I dug it a whole bunch. It's been a long time since a show grabbed me so quickly, and I felt like I had to binge it within a couple of days. Um, real real good. Go even if you're not necessarily a horror person. If you just want really good meaty character stuff, great 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 show. Okay. I second that. Also, and Mike Flanagan's the guy too. He's got uh, Doctor Sleep coming out yes. later this year, I believe. I just which saw is the trailer. The, yeah, which is the sequel to Shining. The Shining. Yeah. And I saw that trailer recently too, and it broke my brain because they're actually directly pulling stuff from the Kubrick yes. movie, right. which Stephen King famously right. does not care for. Right. And apparently, like Mike Flanagan had to go to King and persuade him yes. to uh, sign off on incorporating elements from Kubrick's movie. So. Mike Flanagan is the dude. 
that's all. I'm, that's that's what I got. That's the end of that thought. Um, but no, it's it's a it's a great show. So okay. Check it out. Nice. That's the haunt, haunting of Hill House. The haunting. The haunting. Of the haunting. It's a haunting of it's. It's Noho Hank. That shit. Yes. It's a haunting of Hill House. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's a great show. Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Awesome. Um, speaking of Netflix, uh, so. If you are a big anime fan, you might know that Netflix recently released their dub of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, and so... Is this the one I've been hearing about where people are a little grumpy that they didn't pay for a certain piece of music? So, well, yes. So, uh, the backstory being that uh, it was originally localized by a company called ADV uh, in conjunction with the original writer... Uh, and so the, the dub was very specific and, and, uh, it's very iconic to people who grew up like Evangelion is a lot of people's first real anime that they consumed in like middle school, high school. Um, so it has a lot of nostalgia associated with it. And the original ending song was a cover of fly me to the moon. Um, a song that I don't know if you guys know, probably, the rights are maybe expensive um, or, you know, maybe the people who own it might have a, don't want to sell it. Um, so uh, that in the, that in addition to a number of other songs had to be replaced in the updated localization. So in acquiring the license to this title, Netflix wasn't able to. Um, get all of the assorted rights that were uh, cre- that were there with ADV, and I imagine who who can who knows what the st- status of everything that they received was, especially since ADV went under over a decade ago. Um, so they made the decision to create their own dub um, and that allowed them to switch out whatever music that they needed. Um, But this uh, essentially created a lot of uh, backlash with the fandom who, you know, they are attached to the original voice actors who uh, understandably, uh, they're understandably upset because the original voice actors weren't asked or even auditioned. Um, Yeah. It, it, seemed like it was a very um I don't, I don't know fraught process in getting this dubbed and the dub itself uh though technically better because dubbing technology back then was hard um like now we have we have the ability to do like monitors and yeah. we digitally record but back then it was on like actual tape oh, yeah. and like you you only got one shot to do it right um so technically it's it's better um and the teams that they got are are updated and things of that sort um but i think that like some of the some of the nuance is lost in the in the new translation in that uh some of the pronunciation is different uh, some of the the terminology is shifted, and it, and those small shifts in terminology change the overall meaning and the theme. So people, that is mostly what has got people upset. I'm watching the original Japanese, um, and I like it. I haven't watched the series since I was in high school, oh, wow. going into college, and so I 
missed episodes because it was on broadcast. Oh, wow. uh, and now I'm also old enough to understand the the themes of it in that like Evangelion is a show that is a a take on a, a genre. So it is like the equivalent of the Dark Knight Returns to Batman. Okay. It like takes that genre and then does a, uh, I guess, an upending of all the tropes associated with it. Okay. Um, and so I'm now old enough and, and I'm entrenched enough in the culture to understand what it's subverting. And I really like that. And I also like in doing a lot of research about it, found that like the original creator uh, in, he suffered from depression and, and at a certain point got a book uh, written by young or a, a book about young and, um, incorporated that into the second half of the the series and you can really like now that i also know who uh, carl young is um can see all the different influences of it and and how his characters are affected and it's it's a really and and anyone who's watched it and anyone who's like oh my gosh evangelion's so good yes it's really good um it's very well done uh and i see all of the shows that have been influenced by it especially with their they have a 26 episode arc like that's the whole series and you can see how the structure of every anime that came after it was influenced by it in that like you start with the um you start with the premise and you kind of steep your individual episodes in individual tasks with a little bit of world building and then ultimately culminate in uh a shift where the world building crashes into your characters and then you go crazy from there. And okay. that's how this structure had begun. And now you can see it in all the different anime. Um, so it's great. I highly recommend anyone check out Evangelion on Netflix. It's available. Uh, you don't even need to torrent it like a crazy person anymore, um, which was toys. a big thing. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm into this week. Uh, so, guys, check out all these sweet recommendations. Very interesting recommendations. All three of them are interesting. Yeah. yeah. Very diverse. That's what we're all about, Diversity. Baby. Diversity rules. Hell yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Don't, don't just smooth taste fool you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, but let us know what you're into. Um, you know where to do it. Missing Outcast, M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and make sure to join us tomorrow because James is going to be talking about Yoko Ono's 2007 mix album. And you're like, that's not going to do it. But if you want to talk about other people too <laughs> and my music, tune in. It's good. We talk about music and your dreams. About your dream, following your dreams. That's true. What you? Don't, I, I feel like you don't have enough faith in people and their. Oh, Yoko Ono. Yes. I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> But follow your dreams. You want to hear my show because it's good. As we talk about following your dreams. Yes, that's true. So <laughs> and tune a lot in of laughs. That. And laughing. Yes. A lot of good bits. It's gonna be bits. so good. A lot of so bits. Good bits. A lot of good bits. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but until tomorrow, where can people find you, James? At James Law Jr. on all social media platforms. Just go there, type my name and Google me, James Law Jr. And that's lot with two T's, folks. Not one, two. Hell yeah. Because yeah. he be Sharing the teas. Sharing the tea, that's right. Share the teas. <laughs> Lex, where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. Ooh, and I'm at Tari J. T A U R I J A Y. We will see you tomorrow, guys. Bye. Until then, you missing out. <laughs> <laughs>
Dude, don't miss out. You've been filled in. I'm bringing it back. We'll work on it. <laughs> Dang. Dang.